Dynamic Form, Australia's most in-depth form guide powered by Dynamic Odds. Every runner, every meeting across Australia, New Zealand, Hong Kong, Singapore and other international jurisdictions. Personalise the form to suit you. Predictive rating for every runner. A comprehensive horse search database, speed maps, black books so you never miss a future winner. Dynamic Form and Dynamic Odds, the best combination in racing. Log on to www.dynamicform.com.au for a free meeting today. You are listening to Racing Nation, and now it's time for our Dynamic Form ratings review and preview. Brought to you with thanks to Dynamic Form, of course, powered by Dynamic Odds. Jump onto the website and have a look at why it is held in such high regard by so many punters and work out why it can be just that tool you need to find an extra winner or two or three or four across the spring. Each week, joining me from Dynamic Form, Jack Smallhorn. How are you? Hey, James. How are things? Yes, very well. Well, the Roosters, still kicking. Yes, up and about, still kicking. We're limping. We are dead set on our <laughs> last legs. With uh, I actually nearly got a start this week, I would have thought, in the centres or, or the, the wing. But, um, yeah, geez, we are limping. But, I mean, we've still got our forward pack in, in tack there. Um, so, who knows? Who knows? But, um, yeah, the way Sam Walker's playing and even Luke Keery's started to, you know, get another lease on life when Walker's come back into the fray. So... You just never know. But, yeah, we're obviously big outsiders. Yeah, going well. Though. So, actually, I was thinking, so for those listening, early on our podcast, of course, you'll you'll know, of course, Friday night, so Roosters in Melbourne, if you're listening on our radio program on a Saturday, well, you'll already know the result. But uh, but that's the uh, that's the path. So you, you get a reward by going down to Melbourne to play a Storm team that's got a pretty big point to prove, I'd suggest, after last yeah, week. They, yeah, they, they rarely turn up to poor in a row, but that's, I mean, that's what you get, isn't it? We've the, um, shot ourselves in the foot with the start of the season we had, so you've got to do it the really hard way to, to get through to a grand final now, but uh, yeah, I mean, even if they somehow miraculously win this game, the, the prize is a, a final against Penrith, so um, yeah, I'm <laughs> just, uh, one game at a time, that's what they say. <laughs> yes, exactly, and, uh, and you can say that, still alive, there's a few other teams that entered the Mad Monday Stakes, of course, on the uh, on the weekend, so Anyone that's still alive, you've got to be in it to win it. Yeah, pretty exciting time if you follow the footy, whether it's the AFL or the NRL. So, yeah, plenty of great games coming up in that regard. There's plenty of great races coming up as well. Before we look at what's happening this weekend, what a weekend last weekend. So we start, of course, with our review. We saw some outstanding performances. We saw some interesting races, and we saw some markets change and the shape of the future of the spring as well, which is going to be the story week in and week out. But... From the dynamic form ratings point of view, what did we learn from last week? Yeah, we'll go back and have a look at the races that we previewed um, last week. And the Sirocco Stakes um, ended up being a, a great contest. It, it looked like a really strong race leading into it, um, and that's sort of the way it, it's panned out. They went along at a really a hot speed. He coined the ball, jumped well from the inside gate and led. And I am me, you're in trouble early on if you're on her because she um, she's a bit of a control freak and she couldn't find the front. So she had to sit outside the lead and they um, ensured a good speed, which just set that up nicely for Sunshine in Paris to sit back and monster them late with her booming finish. Yeah, speaking last week with you, I thought she might have found them a bit too sharp first up, but yeah, she put them away really well for her. A very soft win. She's run at 62, which betters her previous career peak of 61 recorded when she won the surround stakes in February. So obviously on that upward um, trajectory and travelling in the right way. And 
and uh, Aquas has moved really quickly to lock her into a slot for the Everest. So she's also added a heap of interest into the Golden Eagle now. We were thinking that, um, you know, Giga Kick and Amelia's Jewel uh, look like one of their races to lose. But, um, you know, she, she's added a bit of interest into that race as well now. So, yeah, definitely come back in great order. And, um, yeah, she's she's improved from from that surround states win. So good to see. Espiona, she, she's really frustrating. God, she's hard to catch. But uh, she's top class. <laughs> Top class when she's when she puts it all together. Uh, she flew home in the second fastest last 600 of the meeting, even though she wanted to you know get her head to the side and lay in. Um, there's a lot of, been a lot of talk about her being better suited in Melbourne, where she's unbeaten in two starts. And I look, went back and looked at our data, and, and it's backed up by that because um, her two highest ratings have been recorded in Melbourne, both those starts, and both rated higher than her Coolmore Classic win. Uh, in the autumn, so um, yeah, if she she's ran an incredible 65 at just her second start, which is you know a scary figure really in the listed race at Flemington. Um, so if she, yeah, I want to be sort of following her and watching her, but especially if she lands in Melbourne and, and Waller targets a race, you know, I don't know if it's next start or maybe you know down the track during the Flemington Carnival, but she's definitely um, yeah one to watch if she heads to Melbourne. Uh, Zapatea. It found a lovely spot in the run and peeled off and just coasted up to him, you know, early in the stroke, but, but couldn't match the finish of uh, Sunshine in Paris and Espiona. I thought she was a little bit disappointing. So, uh, yeah, we'll wait and see what she produces next. And a tissue is another runner definitely to follow out of the race. Um, yeah, the, the 1,200 was, was too short for her and she found plenty of trouble in the straight. But that last 100 metres, when she got some clear air, she really savaged the line. She probably should have finished third for sure. So... Yeah, she's um, on target for some of those big mares races down the track as well. So, yeah, overall, really like the race. It's rated, it's rated well, and um, yeah, plenty of plenty of interesting runs to take out of it for sure. Um, the Ming Dynasty, well, this is just a classic case of barriers win races. Um, NCAP finally drew an inside gate and uh, was able to posse up just behind the speed and, and put paid to that Ming Dynasty field very impressively. He's run a career peak of 54, and he'd expect he could probably play a role in a golden rose. I know it's a step up from mm. Dynasty, but I reckon if he draws an inside gate, he was pretty impressive there. He had to shoulder his way out, and then once he did, he um, yeah he accelerated again and, and put them away really quickly. So yeah, interesting. If he draws a gate in a golden rose, he's definitely not the roughest, and, and could give that a bit of a shake. On the other hand, um, Tom Kitten was caught three wide, no cover, worse than midfield from his wide gate. And he did an incredible job to uh, close off his last 633, 36 and finish third. He was the run of the race for mine, given the, um, he gave weight to the majority of the field as well. So he's right on target for a spring champion or, or a VRC derby for sure. And, and definitely a horse I want to be following through the spring. Plenty of other good performances. Cafe Millennium, he's a little bit in the Espiona, um bucket as well he does most things wrong in his races and he's got a terrible racing pattern but he is loaded with ability uh when it all clicks he he could easily win a group one he's got so much talent that horse but he he wants to over race and, and get his head to the side and he misses the start and yeah he's a bit of a basket case in the run but yeah the, the talent's definitely there so if um if they can iron out some of those um some of those issues, he, he's definitely a chance of winning a Group One. I thought Townhauser was a, a nice return as well. He, he was totally unsuited at the weights uh, under the quality weight conditions, but when he finds a, a three-odd set weights race, he um, 
he could make his presence felt, and I think he might be a little bit missed in the market because it wasn't one of those eye-catching runs on Saturday. But I thought he did really well considering the um, the weight he had to carry, and you know the um, their being first up. So um, yeah, I think maybe he's one to watch as well, Townhouse. But yeah, another another solid race, um, the Ming Dynasty with um, yeah the winner and cap really impressing and, and deserving a win like that. And then we had the run to the Rose, which. It turned out to be a peach from Nash on on the favourite cylinder, but you definitely don't want it over again if you were like me and, and you were back and you backed him and you know had him as you know a couple of leagues of, in multis. Um, yeah, I thought I thought Nothing they would worry just, about. No, not in the end. But I thought they would have just I thought they would have just bounced him out a little in being a little bit positive um, and found the front to make a good thing of him. But maybe with the Golden Rose in a couple of weeks in the back of their mind, they just you know they just want to be a little bit conservative and and find some cover on him. But um, anyway, they got the result in the end. Uh, he's run a 54 in winning that race. So it's well down on the 60.5 he ran when he won the Todman as a two-year-old, and then the 62.5 he ran when second in the Golden Slipper. So the races haven't rated well, but I think there's some there's some reasons for that. Um, they didn't go much of a gallop in the early and middle stages, and they've just zipped home that last 400 metres. And add to the fact that he was held up until, you know, the last 100 metres, um, yeah, there's some genuine excuses as to why that race is, has rated down a little bit. So I wouldn't be too concerned um, about that. He's definitely on track for a Golden Rose. And then if he can win that, who knows, maybe he um, he finds himself in an Everest. But, um, yeah, a very a good, a, heart, a heart-stopping win, <laughs> but, uh, but a good win nonetheless by Cylinder. Moravia was brave, just had to do that tiny bit of work early, but once he got across, he um, yeah, got into a nice rhythm and, and had a pretty good lead. Um, and, yeah, he kicked on really well to only be run down late. And, you know, hopefully... I'd like him to run every week, actually, because Sonny Walker seems to step up every time he puts in a good run. <laughs> so if we can somehow get him in this Saturday, that would have been great. But, um, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a nice horse, and he's got that sort of style where he can go forward or sit back and, and be ridden patiently. So, um, yeah, uh, he hasn't, you know, had much love in a Golden Rose marker or anything, but he's, he's a little bit underrated, I think. He's a nice horse. Uh, the return of Militarise as well, he was a cracker. Um, he's going to be uh, awfully hard to beat if he can uh, find a track with a little bit of give in it. We are expecting, well, everyone's saying that, you know, we're going to have the hottest summer on on record and, you know, there's going to be no rain. But if he can find a track one Saturday with, um, you know, a soft six or, or worse, yeah, that, that looks like he's going to be really hard to beat in some of those big group ones going forward. So, yeah, that was the recap. We, um, yeah, we mm. saw a, a heap of action in um, Sydney and then obviously it didn't really, we didn't touch on it last week, but the, the clash between Diggy Kick and Imperatory is um, obviously sort of raised plenty of eyebrows down there. Um, yeah, the, look, the race, Imperatory has, has run a 69 there, which is just sort of off the charts, um, and, you know, five, four or five lengths, you know, um, superior to what she's ever gone before. Um, in saying that, Giga kicked around a 62 and a half. So last, first up last prep around a 61 and a half. So he's, he hasn't gone that badly. And given the way that, you know, he missed the start two lengths and then, uh, when Williams gave him, you know, tried to sort of click him up and get him into the race of the 800, he just took off, um, and made such a, you know, a long wide run. So I thought his effort was pretty good, to be honest. And he, he just set the race up beautifully for the winner. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't be dropping off Giga Kick, that's for sure. But it was interesting to see that they're not going to, you know, they're going to knock back a slot in the Everest with the, um, the winner in Paratrooper. Yeah. I can't believe that. Like, you'd have to win, what, 
four, three or four good Group One sprints to get the prize money um, with an offering, offering the Everest. So anyway, she's she's won a you know she's a Group One winner as well. So yeah, um, anyway, interesting, isn't it? Really interesting. So that rating just just talking on Imperatives was they sixty nine was what yeah was run on the weekend. So, so that, where's, yeah. where's yeah where's that sort of sit like say going on just going on say you know is that comparative to say some of nature's trips when he was back in that you know, world's best sprinter sort of status yeah. or you know what can you can you put that in the ballpark of anything else because as we said visually it looked incredible blew them away you know you name it I mean but but in terms of how it's how that stacks up on any past data how well how yeah. does it stack up on past <laughs> data. Yeah, it stacks up really well. When Nature Strip was, you know, firing and you know winning his TJs and the Everest, he was running like high, oh, sorry, low seventies, so seventy one, seventy two. Then, and Black Caviar uh, was around that seventy four, you know, seventy five figure. So it's not, it's not far off them. So it's a huge spike. She's always been a talented mare, but it's a huge spike in in what she's produced to date. So. Um, yeah, but as I say, the race, you know, not taking anything away from it, but, um, because she was brilliant, but she may have been flooded a little bit having that beautiful toe into the race, you know, off a hot speed, beautiful toe into the race behind Giga Kick and just sort of slingshotted around that bend and, and went on by. But, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still shocked that they're not taking up a slot in the Everest. Yeah, you know. it, it, yeah, you're right. It's, 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 it's interesting because, um, like just <laughs> financially and, at the end of the day, that's sort of the name of the game, isn't it? But anyway, they yeah. uh, it's 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 probably nice nice to see. Sometimes maybe money doesn't speak all languages in that regard. So yeah, so it's interesting to read and see that. And maybe who knows? There's a bit of water to go under the bridge before we do actually get to an Everest. So um, never say never. And I think the what I read or whatever they said, they just weren't sort of happy with the deals or the offers that were sort of put forward. So we'll see where that sort of lands. And then. Yeah. Not to keep harping on, on our review section, is all, the three-year-old is an interesting one, and it'll be interesting when we speak next week because it's Golden Rose. So not only if you've got a lot of these horses that we've talked about that have run in the lead-ups, but you add into it, you're going to have Shinzo, who we haven't cited since a Golden Slipper. And the other one that I really think's in the mix and I see is well and truly in the markets is King Colorado, who started this preparation racing in weight for age or in a fantastic race and I was sort of thinking, gee, I wonder when that's going to pop up again and it's sort of maybe going to go here and maybe going to go there and now I sort of see that they're talking about, well, it'll go straight into a Golden Rose as well. So it's going to be a pretty interesting edition of the Golden Rose and I don't think there's any real clear top seed that sometimes we've seen in the past when it comes to this race. There's not like a, a bivouac which sort of stood out the year that it did in a few others. It's pretty open. Well, very yeah, we've, we've sort of been waiting for something to, to come out and just go bang and, you know, win, put a field away by two or three lengths and say, you know, I'm the, I'm the dominant three-year-old. But um, obviously, as you say, we haven't seen the Golden Slipper uh, winner yet, uh, Shinzo, and he looked like during his two-year-old year that he was just going to mature into this, like, cracking three-year-old. So, um, yeah, he's definitely the sort of, you know, if you can say X factor, given he's won a Golden Slipper. But, yeah, as a, as a three-year-old, um, he could be the one that just comes back and, and, and just puts him to the sword. King Colorado is interesting. I, I think he's probably a horse that's going to be, a, you know, a mile plus sort of horse. So they, you know, they ran really well, as you say, first up in the wing stakes. But they're, um, and they've obviously backed off him now to, to freshen him up and, and get him ready for that goal. So, yeah, as you say, there's a heap of angles you can take with it. Um, the sort of bomb proof horse, I suppose, is Cylinder, um, you know, and going off last week. He was pretty impressive last week, given, you know, what happened in the run to him, and he can make his own luck up on the speed. So, 
Uh, yeah, if you, you sort of had a gun to my head, I'd probably go with him at the moment, Silinka. But, um, yeah, got plenty of respect for Shinzo, who's obviously a, a Golden Slipper winner and, and looked like he was going to be a better three-year-old than a two-year-old. Yeah, no, it's really, really interesting and definitely looking forward to it. And, and the, But that one will be next week as a part of a pretty big day of racing. So let's have a look at our preview. So uh, a couple of big races that we're going to look at. We'll start in Melbourne. It's Maccabi Diva Stakes Day at Group 1 level, headlined by Mr. Brightside, who is really, really emerging as a, an absolute star. What do the uh, rating forms tell us about the Maccabi Diva? Yeah, well, the field, you know, it's, it's fallen away, but um, the, the quality's definitely there. But, um, yeah, a field of seven for the Maccabi Diva Stakes. It's um, not used to seeing that. Uh, speed map-wise, I think we'll see Alligator Blood obviously bounce to the front, and he should be able to control the speed. Although I'd, I'd expect Craig Williams on, on Mr. Brightside not to let him get too far away, and I wouldn't be surprised if Williams um, had Mr. Brightside up outside Alligator Blood in the run. Princess Grace probably has to spot them a few lengths here, um, unless they sort of bite the bullet and send her forward, which yeah, I'm not sure. It's not really in Waller's makeup to to hunt them forward from a wide gate. So it'll be interesting to see the tactics they go with there. But I'm expecting her to sort of drift back and and be a couple of lengths off them in the run. Very hard to go past Mr. Brightside. Obviously, he toured with his rivals first up in the PB Lawrence and then had to sit wide in the Nemzi uh, on speed and just powered away, or even power away from them, but he toughed it out and, and held off I Wish I Win and, and Princess Grace late. So, uh, yeah, that was a fantastic win. He, mm. uh, as I say, in the run, I, I don't think he's going to be want to be too far off Alligator Blood because um, we've seen Alligator Blood, if he gets control on his races, he can, you know, let down with a, a brilliant 600-metre sectional and he's just, you know, he's near impossible to catch. So I'm expecting Williams to be, um, yeah, right up there outside Alligator Blood and, and not letting him get too far out of his um, sight. And if the, that's the case, if he can be within you know, a length, three-quarters turning for home, I think he can run down. Um, Alligator Blood. Having said that, Alligator Blood's first up run in the Nemzi was, was pretty good as well. Um, sat outside the speed there and, and fought on really well. His second up figures are slightly better than his first up figures and his best performances have been at Flemington. He, he, um, he won that Champions Mile during the, um, this, uh, the spring last year, uh, which was just an outstanding performance. So, yeah, he is definitely dangerous here. Um, he's going to get a great side up on the speed for sure. The only other winning hope I can see in the race is Princess Grace, whose two runs this time in have been outstanding. Um, she's both times she's just, you know, been no fault of the rider, but she's been stuck in inferior ground on the fence. So that's not going to be an issue here from the outside gate. But as I say, I just wonder if she's going to be spotting these two gun milers too big a start turning for home. Um, so it's an interesting race, the small but select field. But um, we've got Mr. Brightside marked a two dollar ten favourite, Alligator Blood three twenty. So not a heap of meat on the bone there. And I think Mr. Brightside with the bookies is about a dollar ninety at the moment. So I'm sort of hoping for a little drift there and we can get the even money. Um, but I, I think he's a, he's a, you know, I think he wins the race. And, and maybe if you're looking at, you know, boosting up a couple of, of multis through the day, he's, he's probably the way to go there. But, um, yeah, it should be a really interesting race. And I'm keen to see how, um, Spanish Mission, uh, comes back yeah. as well because he's, he's a very interesting horse for, um, for the Moody and, and Coleman stable. But yeah, no, Mr. Brightside for us in the Maccabi Diva. Yeah, so plenty of different angles looking at it there, not only from this race, but like you said, uh, from a futures point of view. But yes, Mr. Brightside certainly taking all before him and expected to win again. Let's have a look at a couple in Sydney here. There's a couple of million dollar races, but that's the norm 
from Sydney. We'll have a look at the Seven Stakes, which is race seven on the card. An interesting race, this one. Uh, it's been renamed now to the to the Seven Stakes here, and it's setting good prize money there and a good field to go around. What do the form ratings tell us about this one? Yeah, it's 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 um, drawing a good field together. They've yeah, they've pretty much just re well, they've they've moved the George Main to uh, Everest Day and, and called it the King Charles, and then created this new race called the Seven Stakes. But I mean, this is pretty much the George Main. It's the same conditions and everything, same distance. So um, it's it's attracted, as I said, a good field. Seven Group One winners in there. Um, speed's interesting. I've, we've got Zaki kicking forward from gate six to lead, and, and Pericles cruising across from a wide gate to sit outside him. That probably leaves Dinkett over with the run of the race behind them. Um, and I think I think they'll push forward and, and hope to slot in one out, one back with Hinge. So Fangirl, she's probably got a little bit against her. She seems to always draw these you know, sticky barriers. But yeah, she's got a little bit against her on the map again from a wide draw. But I think if she can find some cover midfield or, or a touch worse, she can put them away late again. Her, her record is phenomenal. If you take out her heavy track runs, where she, she doesn't really like the wet, and then take into account that she's run second to Animo three times, and then she ran second to I Wish I Win in a Golden Eagle. So, yeah, her, her record really could be anything with a, with a touch of luck. Um, and she's in the prime of her career now. She's This really should be her preparation as a five-year-old mare, um, you know, in the spring. Um, I'm expecting her to, you know, to really make an impact um, this spring for sure. So, I think said all that, um, she's the way to go. But uh, think it over, he maps so well here. He's going to land straight, you know, behind the speed, as I said, from gate two. And he's pretty much ready to peak now third up. He he ran that great race first up in the wing stakes. And then in the chums, when I was expecting, you know, a, a half a flat run, you know, if that makes sense, and or him to come back a little bit off that wing stakes level. And, and he was just a touch off at a couple of lengths off it, but still ran really well for third. So... He's, I, I can see that he's probably going to be the one that we're going to have to run down late with Fangirl. I think he might just camp behind Zaki and um, Pericles and, and Nash will send him to the front, you know, 200 from home, and, and we're going to have to run him down um, on Fangirl. So should make for a great race. Um, other chances, Zaki's been a great horse and, and it's going to make his own luck up in the speed, obviously, but he's a nine-year-old now, and I just wonder if he's still capable of running a big rating that's going to be requ- required to win a race like this. He um he went well first up, but still a couple of lengths off what he, you know, he he would run sort of eighteen months or, or two years ago. So um yeah, I'm I'm a little bit cold on Zaki um this prep. I'm, I'm just um we saw last a uh, couple of weeks ago Nature Strip and Eduardo, they you know, their careers came to an end as a nine and ten year old, I think. So I just think Zaki, yeah, we're obviously closer to the to the end and the start there. Mm. So um, he, yeah, prepared to take him on. Um, I'm also interested in this Huya Mal to see how he performs. I don't think he can win this race, but his first up run in the Chelmsford was a cracker, and I'm expecting another good prep run in preparation for the Cup. So, yeah, he's one I'm going to be keeping an eye on, and, and hopefully he gets back and, and hits the line strongly again. But pretty keen to, um, to back Sango here in the seven stakes, I think. McAvoy just needs to find a back to follow in the run. And, um, yeah, if he can bring her to the outside of the top of the straight, her turn of foot should get her home. We've got to mark the 260 chance. So what is she currently? She's a $3.20 chance at the moment. So a little bit of, you know, a little bit of value there for us too and, and happy to, to dive in at the $3.20 about Fangirl. Fangirl, the one to be on in the seven stakes. But, again, as you can see, uh, from that assessment, it is a, it's a really interesting race, and again, like we say, it's always important to watch these on from a futures point of view as well. What about the shorts? It's race number eight, one of the key traditional lead-ups 
what has become one of the key traditional lead-ups to the Everest. So again, here we see a, an interesting group of sprinters that uh, that are well are hoping that they'll be there in a few weeks' time for an Everest as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's a great contest with some some really you know some established star sprinters engaged, and then a, a few up and comers that um, yeah look like they could be anything. So. Overpass, he's drawn the fence, so I expect him to kick through and lead, and uh, he usually rolls along at a good tempo, so, um, yeah, there'd be no no danger about them, um, you know, going along at good speed here. You have to expect your mark to probably press forward and sit outside him, and then you've got In Secret, Hawaii 5.0, and Buenos Noches all fighting to find that plum spot behind the speed, so... We're going to stick with In Secret. She just found that 1,000 metres too short first up in the Concord Stakes, but gets to 1,100 metres now, and, and she's you know blowing the cobwebs out with that run first up. Um, and importantly, she's much better suited to the weights here than, than she was first up in the Concord. So, um, yeah, happy to stick with her. Her, her ratings that she's posted um, are, are a lot higher than anything um, in this race has got to, and, and she's obviously got you know, plenty of improvement to come still just being a... Um, just being a four-year-old mare, so yeah, I'm. I'm. She ticks all the boxes, and and very happy to be with her from a good gate with um, the informed Zach Lloyd aboard. Why has not she put his name up in lights with an outstanding win first up in the show county? He ran a 62 that day, which is a few lengths below what In Secret ran first up in the Concord, but he looks to have you know come on, and and he's, he's definitely a horse that, that's going to continue to improve. So. Um, yeah, no surprise to see him run very well again and prove hard to beat. Overpass is a gun fresh horse. He, he won the Quokka first up last campaign, and and importantly for him, he looks like he's you know there's not they'll go along at a good tempo, but there's nothing here that's probably going to pester him too much in the lead. So that's when he runs his best races. He's a bit of a control freak and likes to get in his in his zone out in front and, and just keep going. So he's always dangerous when that is the case, but I'm just thinking maybe he might be, you know, found a touch of vulnerable late and uh, in secret and get over the top of him. I'm very keen to see how Private Eye returns as well. He had a terrific, terrific spring campaign last year. He finished second in the Everest and, and then things just didn't go his way in the autumn. He, he found that really heavy track in the TJ Smith and then was, uh, he went up to Brisbane, your way, and, and ran into victory stakes. Mm. It was just really flat that day. So I'm prepared to put a pen through his autumn carnival um, and, yeah, go on his last spring preparation, which was outstanding. So he could be the forgotten horse here. It sees out to nearly $10, which seems you know, it seems pretty silly odds, to be honest. So if he continues to drift, I might even have a little savour on him. But, um, yeah, it's a race that should make the Everest puzzle a little clearer, hopefully, but we're happy to stick with the the boom bit off and they're in secret in the shorts and um, yeah, hopefully she can get the job done. All right, so that's a look at a couple of the big ones that are occurring across the weekend. What's, uh, in your opinion, on the ratings and the form, what's the best bet? Uh, look, uh, I'd be, I'm pretty keen on Fangirl this week. I think, um, yeah, this is her time to shine now. She's, you know, Animo's gone and, and um, yeah, she's, she doesn't have to meet. I've got uh, Alligator Blood, Mr. Brightside, um, maybe, you know, a, a half length to a length in front of her at the moment and obviously they're in Melbourne so she's um she looks to have found a nice race in Sydney where she can uh notch up another another big win all right well mate fangirl it is the best and as we said our uh, ratings review and preview each week brought to you thanks to dynamic form so the opportunity for you to learn more about it you can jump onto the website and, and learn about the ratings and learn how you can tailor the form to suit yourself how you can find out how you can find the best price for the horses that you like, how you can log future notes for your own form and things like that. So, so I guess that the best way for people to do is exactly that. Jump onto the website, have a look and learn for yourself and find out how you can make it work for you.
Yeah, that's it, mate. Jump on the website, have a look around. Um, you obviously get that seven-day free trial too if you're um, if you're a new customer signing up, so you can get access to both dynamic form and dynamic odds and, and see how they um, yeah they marry up, and, and you can use them as, as a great combination for your um, your punting and, and your form. And yeah, obviously on dynamic form, all your speed maps, which I like to use, and then you've got all your ratings and your, your notes and all sorts of things you can stick, uh, you know stick your teeth into. So yeah. Get involved and um, let's hopefully try and find plenty of winners. That's the name of the game, and uh, and hopefully Dynamic Ball can help you do just that. And hopefully we'll drop the punters with a bit of intel to find a few winners this week, Jack. As always, thanks for joining us on the program. Have a fantastic weekend. Hopefully we're still talking about the Roosters next weekend. Yeah, give them strength. Give them strength. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully um, you know big weekend next week anyway in the racing. We've got the. Uh, the Golden Rose, the Underwood, and we might even have a look at the Wheatwood up there in Toowoomba. So, yeah, plenty of action next. Uh... Yeah, no, looking forward to plenty coming up. Yeah, plenty <laughs> coming up next week. Jack, as always, thanks for joining us on the program. Have a fantastic weekend. No, I see you, James. You're listening to Racing Nation with James O'Shea. <laughs>